This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. Hello and welcome to Culture Check, a Tailgate Society podcast. Please check the TailgateSociety.com and subscribe to Tailgate Society podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Arnold Woods. My car is not exploded. It's still good. <laughs> now I'm joined, as always, by Emily Cornell. Emily, what's going on? You know, my car is also not being blown up with all of my personal items in it as a result of someone pouring gasoline on it and then having the fire department show up and say, you cannot burn personal belongings. You can only burn trash. I don't think you can burn trash in Austin city limits. I don't know about... Des Moines? I don't know. I would have to look that up. I would assume not. I mean, I know that if I, I mean, I I live on a part of town in Des Moines where if there was a fire in my front yard, it wouldn't be that big a deal. That's just kind of the area that I'm in, uh, that we're living in currently. But nevertheless, I want to stay away from that. I think that it's not safe. You know, we want to follow the proper procedures and protocols for disposing of our trash and, um, getting rid of whatever personal items belong to a spouse that's done us wrong. Certainly mine hasn't done me wrong, but you know, in case you're listening, <laughs> but yeah, what a movie. We're talking about the movie waiting to exhale from 1995. Uh, first for us on this podcast, because this is the first movie that we've done that neither of us have seen. Yes. So very excited to talk about this one. You were, how were you two years old in, in 95? I was, I was, a try, but like you were also very young. I was. I was six. So yeah. I, I remember this movie coming out and it being a big deal. But that's something we will talk a little bit later on in, in the podcast about. But yeah, this is one that I was aware of and that I knew happened in like this cultural moment in the mid 90s, but I'd never seen it. And watching it now, I know that if I'd seen it when it came out or like a year or so after it came out, I really wouldn't have understood it. So this is a good one to visit for the first time as an adult. Uh, yes. I'll, I'll get into the description of the movie, and then I really wanted to hear your thoughts on this one. So Waiting to Exhale is a story of, of four friends, four Black women friends, Savannah, Robin, Bernadine, and Gloria. They're all good-looking. <clears throat> Excuse me, I misread that, but they are all good-looking. <laughs> <laughs> for good, healthy relationships. Savannah's a TV producer. And thinks the man she's with, uh, with in quotes, he's married. Um, the man that she's with and she's involved with will leave his wife for her, but he won't. Bernadine also goes by Bernie in the movie. Her husband uh, lets her know that he's leaving her right at the top of the movie. After 11 years of putting her aspirations on hold, Robin also has a thing with a married guy, but she tries to find someone else, but none of them work out. Gloria owns a beauty salon and is a single mother. Her ex-husband comes out to her as gay. The movie follows each of their situations, which is resolved by the end. Savannah dumps the married guy for good. Bernie gets a divorce settlement and finds love with a widowed civil rights attorney. Robin gets pregnant and dumps the married dude she had a thing with. And Gloria lets go of being overprotective of her son and finds love with her neighbor. Gloria is played by Loretta Devine. Savannah is played by, um, excuse me, Winnie Houston. Bernadine Bernie is played by Angela Bassett, and then Robin is played by Leela Rashawn. So, the story of this, these four black women friends, fascinating movie, really wild movie to watch now. Emily, what are your like general thoughts after seeing? When did you watch the movie this week? So, I watched it today. Um, Saturday mornings are like the best time since there is basketball every night, every week. This isn't a basketball like podcast, but there's a good plug there for you. You can watch the NBA and the WNBA. It's great. And the MLS. God, everything's wonderful. So this, I watched this movie today. 
Yeah, no, it's crazy. I'm sorry. This is the first pod that we're doing, like, while the NBA game is going on. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it, like, I didn't even know how to, like, pro- I'm like, oh, man, like, there's sports and we're doing the podcast. And, like, it's when Emily Jaranka and I did the did uh, Sports and Corks this week, we were like, oh, there's sports happening right now while we're recording for the first time in four months. So we're it's a wild time. It's a ride. Anyways. Um, waiting to exhale, watching the movie, um, I had a lot of feelings throughout the movie, like from the first time when Angela Bassett's, um, Bernie, so when she is getting told by her husband that he is leaving her, I'm like, wow, this is kind of a bummer. He's like, I'm leaving you for this other woman. And then you just find out like all of them are in like not great relationships and I'm like man this is so sad (laughs) um but throughout the whole movie Angela Bassett is just like amazing and that's not to say all the other women in this movie are not amazing because they are like they put on a performance like this is just like a great film with led by four amazing actresses the storyline is unfortunate for them because it's like you have all this like potential you have all of this talent and you're like "Mm, let's put them in like a bunch of like weak characters and not that they like are the whole the characters overall are weak women but like they're all I love that all four of them have like very good careers um I feel like yeah in storylines, it's not always the case where they show like all of the women who are black or all the women who are of color are in like these very strong, good careers. But this movie shows that. So I'm like, this is great. Like, why are you all messing around with men who are trash? <laughs> um, so that's those are my like general thoughts. What did you think watching this for the first time, but having known about it like growing up? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, and I want to, I'm going to talk about that. And then I want to talk to you. I want to kind of go a little bit further with what you were just saying in terms of um, their careers. But yeah, it's it, watching this movie now in 2020. So the movie's 25 years old. Again, I was six when it came out and being aware of the movie, but not ever seeing it or really, I had an idea of what it was about, but it was wildly different. The movie wasn't wildly like different turns than I was anticipating. And so one of the big things that stuck out to me is probably Angela Bassett's character, what she was going through, because her character really centers on, you know, she's getting a divorce from her husband. She's separating for her husband who's been, um, you know, seeing this other woman and who has left her for this other woman, but she has two like young kids, right? Um, one of the kids was the, was the son from Soul Food. I can't think of his name. And then the other, the daughter, I think, grew up to be on the Bernie Mac show. I can't, I'm not sure if that's true or not, but that's kind of like, that's who she looks like. So I'd have to do some Wikipedia IMDb on on that one. But yeah, so like Angela Bassett has these like two young kids. And so she's trying to navigate, you know, her husband leaves her. And so she's trying to like have enough money every month to not only support herself, but primarily to support her children. And so a lot of her, you know, her plot line hinges a lot on that and so it's just interesting seeing this for the first time now as an as an you know an adult a married person who has two kids of my own and so you know knowing that this movie has existed since I was a kid like I think about this movie in terms of when it came out which is you know I'm like kindergarten first grade when this movie comes out and so the character seems so much older than I am right and then like towards the end of the movie the four of them are hanging out and Wendy Houston is like, you know, I'm not a young 24 year old girl anymore. I'm 33. And I'm just like, damn, well, I'm 31. Right. Like I'm, we're basically the same age. So it's just kind of, there's this dissonance where I'm thinking of the movie in terms of, you know, these women being a generation older than me, which they are, but you know, now I've like kind of caught up to where they are in the movie. So that was kind of, that was kind of interesting to, um, to view it through that lens. Cause I, I also watched the movie today. And so that kind of just, that was the thing, one of the things that jumped out the most to me 
and I want to kind of continue on with with your thought and get some more thoughts on this, but this is kind of a rare movie. Uh, it's it's a romantic movie, and it's a, a movie about romance. I guess it's not like um, it's certainly not like a romantic comedy or anything like that. But it hinges on a lot of relationships. But it's kind of rare to see a movie like this that's focused on these women and their relationships. Usually in movies like this, it's like women are trying to like balance their relationships with their careers and everything like that. And one affects the other. And it, you really don't see that in this movie at all, right? Like Gloria has her hair shop and um, Robin is, she works for some kind of like firm, some kind of like, I don't know, she's doing some kind of marketing job or whatever because she's with the Wendell Pierce character, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. And they're at a meeting together and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, Bernie is basically just trying to get credit for starting her husband's career itself. And then um, Savannah is this producer and it's just like their careers are almost to the side, but not in a way where it's like they're not important. It's that, you know, their relationships aren't having any impact on their careers at all. Like their careers are successful. Like they've got that. They're solid in that area. They're all successful. Like they don't have to worry about that. And I just thought that was kind of rare. What did you think about that? I and like that was part of what I liked about the movie was that they all have careers and they don't really impact anything else. I, I, with the exception of Angela Bassett's character, but she has like aspirations where she wanted to like have a catering company. So, like, they all have those things and those like hopes and dreams, but they aren't like, oh, like, once I achieve this, I can also meet a husband like it's not as if they talk about their careers like oh yeah like I'll meet someone and I'm going to give up my career it's like no I'm going to continue to have my career but I would also like to have a partner um so like that was a great part of the their storylines I agree like and that's it kind of confused me in a sense because um uh, some of the or a lot of kind of like the gender and, and sexual politics and relationship politics of this movie haven't really aged well. No. In the sense of like basically the goal of the movie for each of the characters is for them to like find a man or find love. And I just don't think that that would happen today where, you know, your entire arc is is based on finding happiness with a man. That's kind of like a regressive thing. Mm-hmm. And so that part just really hasn't held up to the test of time, but the fact that they aren't worried about their careers and they're just, it's just established that they're just, you know, successful professional women. And so that to me is like, that does hold up well, right? Like where you're not worried, they're not worried about their career or trying to advance and they're not trying to, um, you know, they're not pitted against other women trying to advance anything like that. Like, it's just a really, it's understood and it's not questioned that they're, you know, brilliant career oriented people and kind of like you said with Angela Bassett's character like it's established where she's like I should get credit for creating this um like helping to create this firm and it's not done in a way where it's questioned at all it's just like that's just what happened so like that part of the movie is just really really solid to me like it's also a part that I liked where it's like it's not questioned that these are like brilliant career women but like side is that it's all like hinging on them trying to find a man or, you know, rifling through these men to see which one works, where it's just like, it would be interesting where it's like, you know, I don't really need a man, right? Like, I'm good. So, I don't know. I just thought that was, there's kind of a, again, a dissonance in that too. Yeah, I I agree with that. And it, if the movie were to be made today, I'm not sure it would have been like, I'm sure they would keep it where they're like looking for love or whatever, but it might be a little bit less in your face about it. Um, I don't know because it is based on a book that I assume neither of us have read. <laughs> no. That, yeah. So, so maybe that's like true to the story of the book is like that they ultimately are like looking for a relationship like with a, an appropriate suitor. I I don't know. I think that if it were made now, it would change a little bit just because there are other things like 
someone's value is not wrapped up in like their, who their partner is. Um, and I think that there's a moment when Savannah, who's played by Whitney Houston, when she's on the phone with her mom and her mom's like, no, you just, you need to find someone. And she's like, no, I don't like, I'm like, I have a good career. I do this. I have like good friends. I like, I'm happy. Um, and her mom is like, I just don't want you to end up alone like me. And I'm sure there, there's still that within culture where people like, if you don't find a partner, like you're going to end up alone. But I also think that we've had enough like content and like other cultural things where people are like, Oh yeah. Like I'm very happy having like other people that are not necessarily romantic partner to like make my life quote unquote complete. Can we talk, can we talk about that a little bit? I guess this is, I I take a little bit of a detour and I don't want this to become like, you know, I don't want it to get too personal or whatever, but I'm trying to think of you, you're talking about like if this movie were made now and I'm trying to like my mind around that a little bit because I, that's something that I also thought about. And so Mm -hmm. this movie where relationships are at the front and center, right? Each individual woman's relationship with the various men in their lives and then their relationships with each other. And so what did you, I guess, what did you think about how they navigated their relationships? And I'll, I'll, I'll use myself. We're, we're, I'm married. You're, you're single, correct? You're not dating one to my knowledge. Nope. So, you know, I, I thought back to my, the time where I was single and, you know, a hundred years ago, no, I'm playing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we, everyone navigates, you know, tries to navigate dating people. And, you know, I've never, you know, when I was single, I wasn't like trying, I wasn't like involved with anyone married or anything like that, but, you know, people, um, people go through great lengths to try to, you know, find someone that they're compatible with and, you know, things go right sometimes things go wrong sometimes and it's it be so radically different now just because of the age that we're living in right with dating apps and social media and whatever else so like how did you how do you feel like what what was your reaction to watching them um trying to navigate the dating world just kind of based on your own experiences i guess again without you know you know this isn't like <laughs> relationship hour but i'm just how did, did you how did you connect your own personal experiences to what you saw them going through i guess Um, well, I guess I think about how people are like, oh, to their single friends, like people who are in relationships and I'm the single friend often, but they're like, oh, you'll meet someone. And like, I I think about that. We're like, so they're a couple of them are like in that situation where like, oh, I'm going to meet someone, but like they keep meeting people and they're like forcing it. So, um. I think it's Robin's character who's just like trying to like get over this guy who sucks. Like, and like, and this might be the other thing. Like I can't relate too too much because like I have not been in the situation of any of these people (laughs) of like going back. And like, I don't, I mean, people do go back to someone who just like genuinely sucks as like a person because of the comfort level, but like how she is like trying to meet other people, like, she wouldn't have to be like, oh, I have to meet someone at like a bar or a club or like the grocery store, wherever. She would just like get on a dating app and like she would be meeting people and like probably would have stopped seeing that like crappy dude. Um, same with like Savannah. Like they, and I, and I get that they're, again, the level of comfort that people have, that's why they go back to exes. I'm like, ah, yeah, like, how would anyone now, if they were single like them, what, because one, I'm sure cheating is, like, the way that they were being the mistresses, like, a lot harder now with, like, social media and just, like, how connected we all are to each other, like, we can always call someone, text someone and like reach out in so many different ways, show up. Like I, I'm like, oh, I don't know if that would necessarily work out anymore for that. Like there's a scene where Robin is 
in bed with the guy who's married that she's like with and a different guy that she's seen calls and she's like I'm busy right now and the guy who's with her he's like well tell the guys like the other guys you're seeing not to call after 11 and I'm like what would have happened if that were like right now is some guy would have like texted her and he probably would have like sent like a dick pic and like I, um really I cannot like super relate to their singleness I'm like oh man we're living different lives like I'm just trying to not kill my plants um so that that was like what played through my head and I'm like okay so if she were living in today's day and age she would be like getting texts like that from the different guys she's seeing um and they would just be like navigating it the same but different. Like I think that this movie that's 25 years old as someone who's single, I'm like, ah, oh, like it's the same but different in navigating dating where you're just like digging through a pile of crap and figure trying to make the most of it and be like, okay, what am I doing? Like, how am I going to find the best option? Um, and they are also doing that. But now we have the luxury of, being on a dating app or like being able to dig through someone's Instagram or Facebook to be like, Oh, are you like a bad per? Not that you can tell based sure. off of someone's social media, if they're a bad person, <laughs> but yeah. like you can get a better idea of like who they are and figure out if you're really going to get involved. And I also think that we're in a, moving towards a space where like women will tell other women, <laughs> they'll be like, listen, your man said this to me. Do with this information what you will. Um, and that is like, I don't think people were doing that 25 years ago based off of like any movies I've seen. I don't know. I was two years old 25 years ago. I don't know how people were dating. You make such a good point about how different things are now in terms of like the guy texting her instead of calling her at night and stuff like that. And then also, like, there's the scene where the Dennis Haysburg character, who's the the one with the married guy that Winnie Houston seen. Yeah. And he's like, he's, you know, he just spent the night with Winnie Houston. And then he's at her house, uses her phone to call his wife. Yep. About, like, where he is. And, like, because, you know, he's his cover is like he's on a work trip or whatever. And I'm just like, that's wild. Like, that would not happen no. uh, today. Like, there's no Never. way that that happened. And then the scene, like, in the middle of the movie where they're at, they're at, like, a happy hour or whatever. And there's just, like, some guy who they say is, like, who Angela Bassett, like, starts dancing with this guy who's, like, a known person, like, a former football player who's, like, now a TV sports anchor or whatever in Phoenix. And she just, like, starts dancing with them. And, like, now, like, someone would take a pic of them dancing. It would be yeah. on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. And, like, it would cause a firestorm if he was a, a, if he was a public figure. So like you're so right about that in terms of like how times have changed and how navigating that space of dating is, is just completely different. Um, I, I agree with you just because this is this, you know, think about my own experiences with, with dating and um, trying to figure out, you know, relationships with people or just, you know, trying to make connections with people. I think that this movie is just like, it takes everything to the extreme. Yes. Like, it's hard to relate exactly to what these characters are going through. Cause like, these are some pretty extreme situations. I was talking to my sister. We were talking about this before we started recording, but I was talking to my sister about watching this movie today. Cause we were both at my parents' house earlier. And uh, I asked her if she'd seen it. My sister's 36. So I was like, do you remember do you remember this movie came out? Did you see this movie or whatever? She's like, yeah, I've seen it, but like, it's been years and years. And I was just like, okay, one character, um, you know, is trying to get back with her ex or whatever, who turns out to be gay and they have a son together. And one character is, you know, ends the movie pregnant by a guy and, who was married and blah, blah, blah. And like this other character, I was just like rifling through what was happening. It was just like so extreme. Not like, it's not like it, this stuff never happens, but it's just like, these are really extreme. It would be extreme that four women would have all these things happen to each other. And they're like best friends. They're like, it's yeah. Just, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I remember what it was like trying to 
just navigate the dating world and, you know, liking someone who didn't feel the same way about you, or then maybe, you know, someone like you and you didn't feel the same way about them. And then trying to like, just kind of navigate how to, um, how to manage those emotions and those connections with people. And just, you know, I remember that, but like, these are just like really super extreme, like melodramatic experiences that I don't, it's, you know, I kind of have to stretch to, um, to try to, to relate to this. But again, like you said, like it's based on a book and the book is, um, the book was written by Terry McMillan, who was a really popular like black female writer in, in the nineties, wrote a lot of books like this house delegate or groove back, which was also turned into a movie starring Angela Bassett. Um, Forrest Whitaker directed this movie, which was kind of, you know, kind of notable. I don't know yeah. what he's directed a couple other things, but like, this is, you know, I, I do slightly remember that being a big deal, but um, yeah, the, some of the things that are the same in terms of that I have written down here in terms of, you know, the dating world now, I guess, is that, you know, the men in this movie are trash, right? <laughs> Which is still true. They are bad at sex, still true. And, you know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of empowerment and uplifting between the friends. Yes. In terms of what they're going through in each of their relationship. Like these friends are not, they're very involved in each other's lives. They're involved in each other's personal lives and they're giving each other advice and things like that. And they're trying to like get through this whole thing together, which is also true. So what did you think about that? What did you think about the relationships between the four of them? I think that they had a really good relationship like between each other they were it was great relationships like when bernie is like and like rightfully so like she's just so angry and so hurt and like fair um she kind of had the rug pulled out from under her in terms of her husband leaving her and then being like okay i'm gonna leave you high and dry bye like he's like no money for you and she's like, I have not been working because I've been raising our children. And he's like, don't care, bye. Um, so she goes to Gloria for it. She's like, just cut all my hair off. And Gloria's like, uh, you're like having a moment. And she's like, cut it off. And she starts cutting it herself. Um, so like, I cannot imagine going to like my hairdresser. And if I was like, hey, cut all my hair off like she probably would ask like are you well and I, if I was just like just cut it off like she would like the relationships like that's just like a very simple relate like part of their relationship like their relationship is so much deeper than hairdresser and person getting their hair cut um but like just their the conversation that they have and just like how they're talking through it and how like when Gloria hears about it from someone else in the salon, she immediately calls Bernie and leaves like a voicemail. Um, like, you know, that there's like this deep relationship between them and like just all four of them, like they're lifting each other up and like they're being real with each other. Um, like Savannah and Robin are having a conversation because they both are involved with married dudes. And Savannah's like, oh, do you think he'll leave his wife for me? <laughs> And Robin's like, no, he's not going to leave his wife for you. So, like, they're telling each other hard truths, but, like, that's what friends are for. Like, they're not going to be honest with you. Like, what are you going to, why are you friends? Um, so they, it's painted very well. Like, it, yeah. It's, when you talk about Angela Bassett's character, um, I kind of I kind of wanted to go through each one of them. So were you talking about her, like that that scene that you were talking about with her and, and Loretta Devine and she cuts her hair. That's kind of really that's kind of the midpoint of the movie. And that's a really pivotal moment for her because mm -hmm. um, she cuts her hair and then they go to the happy hour like I like we had just talked about. But that's kind of the moment in the movie where she tries to take back some control of her life. Yes, because, you know, Michael Beach is her plays her um, husband who leaves her. And right off the right off the top is when she, you know, she throws all of his clothes into the car and, and, and lights it on fire and stuff. And that's more out of just like anger. Yeah. Trying to, you know, that's kind of just, you know, uh, uh, 
a reactionary, like off the cuff, not in a way that she regrets it because she certainly doesn't regret it, but that's kind of just like a, um, an outward show of the anger that she has. But when she cuts her hair and then she goes to the bar, that's her kind of like trying to transform into someone who is um, trying to put the pieces of her life back together and just trying to try something new, right? Like that's kind of the movie cliche thing is that, you know, someone ends a bad relationship, usually a woman, it's kind of a trope where a a woman gets out of a bad relationship and she just decides that she wants to change. And so she's going to like shave her head or cut her hair off or whatever. And I think that, um, well, before I get into this though, just a random kind of aside, when they go to that happy hour, there's a Prince song playing when she starts to dance with a guy or whatever, the uh, football ex football player, it's a Prince song off of dirty mind called head. And it's a really filthy Prince song, which is it's one of my favorite <laughs> things ever actually put for the, for the website uh, we did like Mount Rushmore week, like a year or two ago or whatever. I mean, we do it every year, but I wrote this like a year or two ago and I did like the Mount Rushmore of like dirty Prince songs and head is on there. I love head. Great, uh, great song. Um, that sounded weird, and that's the connotation of the song, but I do love that song. Anyway, um, so she, like, she starts to, you know, take back control of her life, whatever, and just her performance in the movie is just, like, she's so passionate, and she's so, um, she, she's an actress that really puts her, her soul into her work. She puts everything into it, and just watching her, I felt like, she she's portraying a woman who has been betrayed and she she feels like she's wasted a lot of her life in this relationship in terms of um having to put her own dreams on hold her own aspirations on hold for this man and then that you know one day he just like pulls the rug out from under her and that's something that's got to be really hurtful and really she's got to feel really lonely and lost and she plays all of those emotions really well the anger of it you know the the trying to strike out on your own of it she just plays that really well so what did you think of Angela Bassett's performance I agree with everything you said about how she just plays all those emotions well and her character while the story follows the four of them her character you just see so much happening in the span of the movie where you see how like things are falling apart so and then she like comes back and like overcomes this uh issue of you know being left high and dry and like she didn't have a job and like everything was in her husband's name um so it was hard for her to be like yeah like this is mine like nope he made sure it was in his name so I think that that's just a character that just has like so much it's probably pretty easy to like lean into them being like an angry character because like fair anyone would be angry in this situation, but also like having the hope in like playing that well and still the love, like she still like loves her kids and she loves her friends. Like she only directs the rage towards her husband. Um, So I'm just like, this is like, this is played well just in that like she's very controlled and all of the different emotions that like I'm sure anyone would be going through in that situation. That's a good point that I hadn't really thought about whereas like she's she doesn't really lash out at her friends like the only person that she let her she doesn't lash out at her children you know there's that scene where she's reading the the letter from Wesley Snipes character by the way super random because I don't think that Wesley Snipes is like credited in the movie and I had no idea he was in it. And then all of a sudden she's like sitting at the bar and like in comes Wesley Snipes. And I'm just like, what in the world is happening in this movie? But like, <laughs> she's reading that letter and like her kid is playing and then she kind of like breaks something almost or something like that. And like in another movie, she would have just like lashed out at her kid for, you know, breaking something or whatever. She would have, you know, directed her anger at her kid secondhand in some way, but she doesn't do that. And so I just, I agree with everything you said. She's just really, really great. Um, What did you think about Whitney Houston as Savannah in the movie? What were your thoughts watching her? I enjoyed her. I, this probably tells my age and my lack of watching lots of things. So Whitney Houston, the only movie that I like know I have seen with her in is Cinderella. So it's very different from this movie. And she is very fun. She, I don't know, when did she, 
Did she do many more movies after this one? Uh, well, she's in The Preacher's Wife, which I think is 96, so the year after that. And that's my favorite. I haven't seen that movie in years, but, like, that's... She's just so, like, warm and just, like, she's so beautiful and so, like, loving and so... Um, she plays, like, the... She's the titular character, right? She's the, the wife of the preacher, and then Denzel is the angel or whatever, and um, it's, like, a great Christmas movie, and it's just, like, it's a you know, a black church movie in a lot of ways. And it's just like, she's just so, that's my favorite performance of hers. And she, she does the song, I believe in you and me. And she like kills that song. One of my favorite songs by her. But yeah, there's that. And then there's the bodyguard. The bodyguard is, which was like 92, I think. So it's before this okay. movie. Yeah. Um, That's like, you know, one of the biggest soundtracks of all time. And that, you know, she's in that with Kevin Costner and that's a huge thing. So I haven't seen that movie in, in years either, but like, her as an actress, I know it's basically this and the preacher's wife, and then I haven't even thought about Cinderella with with uh, Brandy is in that too. Yes. So I haven't thought about that in a while, but yeah, she. I don't. I. I don't know how. Many, I think she did make probably less than ten movies in her life. I think. I and I've heard more about her being in the Bodyguard. Have not seen it, um, but mostly because it's like not in my typical movie wheelhouse. So I can't super compare her to like other things that she's been in, but I enjoyed her. She's like, she's super fun and peppy. And like, she brings like a lightness to the group of friends, even though she's also in like, not a great situation with the dude she's quote unquote with. Um, So like, I enjoy her. I, don't know if she necessarily has the same presence as the other three, but I don't know. It's hard to be like Whitney Houston versus Angela Bassett. Like that's not sure. That's not the same. Um, what did you think of her in this film? I think that she was, you know, first of all, RIP Whitney Houston. Yeah. Um, I thought about that right off the bat, her and then Gregory Hines. Gregory Hines is also passed away. Gregory Hines also in The Preacher's Wife. Um, just thought about that. But, um, you know, two great, you know, Gregory Hines, iconic black, you know, actor, performer, tap dancer, just like um, one of the legendary, like, black entertainers. And then obviously Whitney Houston, you know, global icon and everything like that. So both of them passed away before their time. And so that was tough to to see them in the movie like that. But I thought that she was under, I thought, you know, looking back, I think that she's kind of underrated as an actress. I think that she does, she holds her own, you know, she's not Angela Bassett, you know, she's not a, you know, Angela Bassett, one of the great, you know, certainly movie stars of the nineties, one of the great, um, yeah. that we have, but Winnie Houston, you know, as I compare her to other like singers who, you know, start off singing or are known for singing and acting, you know, I think that she's one of the better, um, singers turn actresses which is saying something because she's like an all-time singer yeah. right so it'd be easy for her to kind of just like either phone it in or not really have the acting chops to go with it but she's great she's great in the preacher's wife it's a very different it's like the opposite of this like she's you know married to a preacher and the preacher's wife like she's you know has kids and is you know the quintessential like family woman in that movie but um yeah i thought that she's just she doesn't you you don't look at her and think like ooh like maybe they could have gotten a better actress for this role you don't know no mean? yeah she was she was good she was good yeah she's really solid um i want to talk about Leela Rashan for a little bit and then yeah. get on her um again this is kind of going back to what we said earlier but um she is she's uh, she's the one in the movie who probably has the most men issues yeah like she's she's dealing with the most men but then like men just like really the men that she's with really don't treat her right like the first one that she's with is Wendell Pierce crazy to see him um, yeah young Wendell Pierce that was really wild it was so weird I was like I know this man I looked it up and I'm like oh he was in so I know him from Suits okay yeah so I know him from um he was in an HBO show HBO show called Treme okay uh, bearing the lead for anyone who's listening is that he's probably most known for the wire like he's in the wire and 
which I actually haven't seen, but he's um, he's known for that probably the most. But then like he was in Treme as well. He's also in Ray. He's got a small part um, in the movie Ray. That's a movie that we're um, considering watching for this podcast. But um, just great actor and a lot of stuff. And so, yeah, we're to see him like 25 years uh, younger. Um, but he's with Lila Rasan and they like they're, you know, they hook up. It's so weird. It's very weird. It's so uncomfortable, like the whole situation, like, and you get her internal monologue. Yeah. Which makes it even like more cringy because she's like, I'm not into this. Not, not great. Going back again to the thing that men are not great at sex in this movie at all. And he's, you know, up there with the worst of them in this one. So, um, you know, they have their thing and she has to like deal with him at work too. Yeah. Doesn't go well. And then she's with, um, I can't pronounce his name, like Mataki, Mataki Wilkerson. His character is like, you know, strung out on drugs. And then, you know, she's with Leon's character. And then, you know, it's just, she goes through a lot. But then, like, again, it doesn't impact her career at all. And she is always there for her friends. Um, she's the one who's probably the most sexualized in the movie. Like, she's always, she's, you know, 60% of the movie, she's in her underwear. Yeah. Um, but she she has a real presence and a real um she just she brings a real strength to the screen and I really enjoyed watching in the movie. What do you think of her character? I thought that her character, so her character and Whitney Houston's character, they kind of like balance each other in like again, they're both going through like the same not great thing, but like Whitney Houston is more bubbly I guess and like Leah Rashawn is not but she has a little bit more depth in it especially in that scene where it's the two of them at the pool talking about like oh shit will he leave his wife for me and she's like no like you'll like I heard from someone who like moved to a new city to be with this guy because they were pregnant and then the guy was like nope I'm staying with my wife and she never told him and it turned out that girl ended up getting an abortion and like that just like that's a hard scene like it's just a hard scene to watch it's a hard scene I'm sure to be in and so she like that's like the most intense scene for her and like she has a lot of not good scenes but it's one where she is like strong, but also super soft. Um, Cause there are like scenes where she's like telling all these guys to like leave her alone. And like, sh- there's no, like, she doesn't stutter. She's like, no, get out, leave. I don't want to deal with you. And um, so it's just, it was good to see. She stays a strong character in that, but like can also be vulnerable yeah what a monologue that was with her and Whitney Houston like I was not expecting so no that's no that was a discussion I'm like wow they were allowed to talk about this in the 90s like (laughs) like it makes sense I guess with the with the themes of the movie but I was just like that you know it really kind of came out of nowhere so that was pretty pretty wild but yeah just I thought that was really well acted and it is it's interesting I agree with what you said, like her and Whitney Houston's relationship, they kind of mirror each other in a lot of ways. And Mm -hmm. um, it kind of makes sense that they would be um, trying to connect with each other and kind of like trying to help each other figure this stuff out. They're not, you know, those two characters don't have kids versus the other two, you know, Loretta Devine and Angela Bassett who do have kids. And so um, it would make sense that they would kind of, maybe share a a unique relationship between the four of them. So, um, Loretta Devine, every movie that Loretta Devine is in, I love her. She's just, I, she's one of my favorite actresses. Everything that she's in, she's just, she kind of holds the movie together and she has her and Angela Bassett to me have the, those two are the ones who have the most screen presence. Like when you're, when you're watching them, you just feel like you're in good hands. And so um, she kind of has one of the more unique character arcs. Um, you know, she has to deal with her ex who, that, 
the, again, the sexual policies are so weird because he like he says that he was bisexual and then he decided to be gay, which is like that's not a really a thing, you know. Like you're either yeah. you know, that was kind of it's just not great. No, and it's also that was I, his storyline. I was like, wait, this would not fly in this day and age at all. No, it would not. No, like, it would not. and I, but I was more surprised, less about like him being like, oh, I'm like gay now. Um, but like how she would just like responded very, I wouldn't say positively, but like it wasn't negatively. It was just like very understanding um, because I feel like in certain communities, like you can't be like, oh, yes, I'm gay. Like that's just not going to fly. And in the 90s, in the black community, something tells me like that would not be like the standard reaction how she did yeah and she has the interaction with her son son uh, played by donald Faison. yeah didn't expect to see him right yeah this really really young in this movie and you know they have he like uses again he uses like a gay slur which would not fly she stops him though she's like don't say that yeah and so like you know it's what did you think about her before we keep going? I guess what did you think about her and Donald Faison's relationship and that kind of character arc, where he's trying to like maybe leave the nest and she doesn't want him to? Like, what did you think about that? I I thought it was like a realistic relationship between a parent and a child and a single parent and a child who the child's like, I just want to like go be somewhere else, like you can tell she cares but she's also like why do you feel like you have to like go to spain why can't you just go to arizona state and he's like just ready to like go and like experience the world and i feel like he is like super respectful towards her it's not like he his character's painted to be like oh i dislike my mom and she's a helicopter parent but like they have each other and like, it's easy to see, like they rely on each other, but they also need to like live their own lives. Um, And so then when like their neighbor also becomes like another, we're like becomes part of the dynamic between them. And like, it just, it happens so easily. And this probably again, speaks to what I normally watch. I'm like, Oh wow. I don't, I feel like people are very, when it's the single parent narrative, it's like, oh, like nobody else can come in for either side of it as super easily. Like the child is like, oh, I don't need a replacement parent. And the parent is just like not threatened, but like is a little more cautious about like who their child is bringing into their life. Yeah, that was really cool to see because that was a different take them out thought you know Gregory Hines character comes in yeah comes sort of like it's explained that you know there's some months that have gone by and then him and Loretta Devine have gotten close and then there isn't like a you're not my dad type dynamic he just really um he really Donald Faison's character really takes to him pretty quickly and they it's established that he looks up to him and they have a really good relationship and Again, I wasn't expecting that, and I thought that that was um, just a, a cool twist to see. I, I just wasn't – that's not where I thought the storyline was going to go. So there, there's a little subtle things like that in the movie where it kind of zigs when you think it's going to zag, which I appreciate it. So. Yeah, it was definitely fun. And I feel like Loretta Devine is in so many things. Yeah. Like – but always like not really like the star of it so it was like kind of surprising to see her be like one of the main characters in a film and then like for her to like be such a presence and like why isn't she in more things is like the main person like why is she always a supporting character it's interesting i have this in the outline but like going along with what you said it's it's literally four main characters because we're introduced to the story through angela bassett's character but like each of the four of them basically get equal an equal amount of screen time. Yeah. So like all of their storylines are serviced. I almost want to like go back and watch the movie again and just like time 
who's on screen and whose storyline they're following. Cause like, I'm pretty sure it'd be like split pretty evenly between the four. So this is, you know, I think to your point, this is probably one of the rare movies where she's uh, established as one of the leads as one of the characters whose storyline matters the most. So I agree with you. I, the Carmichael show was on a couple of years ago. Yeah. Season. She was in that. She played Gerard Carmichael's mom. She's really funny in that. She was. She's just a great actress. I, every time I see her, it's just like, I know that I'm like in good hands when she's on the screen. Cause she's just, that's the type of screen presence she has. She's great. I want to talk about real quick. What was going on with Wesley Snipes' character? Like that was just wild to me. So Angela Bassett is at a bar in the hotel, I think. Yeah. And out of nowhere, you know, she's gone through everything. This is like three-fourths of the way through the movie. And Wesley Snipes plays a civil rights attorney who is in Phoenix for work. And he meets up with Angela Bassett at a bar and he's like flirting with her. And then he's like, well, you know, I'm not trying to get with you. I just, I have a wife. Yeah. She's like, all right, cool. But they end up going up to her room and he reveals that his wife is dying of breast cancer, Mm -hmm. but they just want to kick it for the night. And it's another like key part of the, of the plot for Angela Bassett's characters that her husband leaves her for a white woman. And now here's this black man who reveals that his wife is white, but is dying of breast cancer. But hey, I want to kick it with you. And they like spend the night together, but they don't sleep together. It's implied because they're, you know, they just like, literally they just sleep together. They, they don't have sex, but like they just fall asleep on the bed. And then later on in the movie, he's like, he writes her and is like, yeah, my wife's about to, she's about to die, but I keep thinking about you. It's just wild. I'm like, what is going on? It's just, I'm not sure, like, narratively, are you trying to establish that he's like, hey, he's a good guy because they don't have sex, but he still, like, wants to be with her. And then, like, maybe he's just kind of, like, checking his watch to see when his wife passes away so he can fly out to Phoenix again. Like, what? That's That was just a wild plot line to me. I don't know. Am I crazy? What is no, going on? you are correct. It is very weird. It, like, like, at first I didn't understand what was happening, which is not super surprising, but like, you know, he's hitting on her, but then he's like, no, I have a wife. And I'm like, wait, what are you doing? I don't understand how this like furthers the plot. And like, I guess like they have like their friendship or whatever. And um, he does encourage her to just like go after what she wants. But I'm just like, but why did we have to have like, this whole detailed storyline of his wife having cancer and dying, like she's dying. And he's like, I'm interested, but my wife is like, what? Like, I don't know if that's realistic. I don't know if realistically anyone is like, "Mm, my spouse is dying of cancer. I'm going to go hit on someone. I'm going to keep in touch with them and let them know when my spouse passes. So I can then go be with that. Like, I don't, Maybe I have like an unrealistic expectation of how people behave in the world, but I'm like, no, like you married that person. You should be grieving because you might be losing them um, and then grieving after they die. So didn't super love him and his character, like what the journey he was on. It wasn't really for me, but like um, I understood like the very slim part of where he's like encouraging to her where I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And everything else. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? So one of my big critiques of this movie, besides like, I mean, the movie is super melodramatic and like, you know, a lot of these extreme circumstances that we've talked about, which is fine. I mean, I just, that's not the type of movie for me, but I get it. It's based on a book, but like, that's the thing. Like one of my biggest critiques of the movie is that the fact that it's based on a book, I think that there are things that are done that just like, the, the adaptation from the book to the screen doesn't work. Yeah. So a plot line like that, which is kind of like this like sensationalist thing. I mean, it would be sensational in a book, right? It'd be kind of like out of the ordinary in the book, but like in a book you're reading it, you're just kind of like, okay, this is weird, but whatever, I'll go with it. But when you transfer that into a movie, you're just like, what is happening? Like it just, it's like it came out of a completely different movie. It was just really weird. 
Yes. That part. And then also just like there are things in the movie that they take from the book, I'm guessing that just don't work. So like even like right at the beginning where the characters are kind of having these like monologues and it's, it just doesn't make sense because they're like talking out loud, but they're saying things out loud that you wouldn't say out loud if you were alone. Right. Like there's a, a the scene in the beginning where like Winnie Houston's like getting dressed to go to this party and like her mom calls or, or like the phone rings and she thinks that it's her mom. Yeah. And it's like, and she says out loud, like, well, my mom's the only one that knows out of my hotel, so it's got to be her, but I'm not going to answer, blah, blah, blah. In a book, like, the character would be thinking that. Yeah. Right? And it would make sense for you to read that. But, like, when you say it out loud in a movie, this doesn't really, you're just like, no one, no one does this. Like, no one kind of, like, talk, like, people talk to themselves, I'm sure, but, like, to that extent, like, the monologues that they're having out loud just kind of don't make sense. So, like, there's some, some rough stuff from book page to screen that kind of just doesn't work from my interpretation again as someone who's never read the book i'm just kind of trying to connect the dots a little bit yeah knowing that like now so i don't think when i started the movie i was like oh it was a book but then like after watching i looked up and i'm like oh that makes sense as to like why you know when robin's character is with different men she like you get to hear her internal monologue i'm like oh like this is different that it's just her um and i would guess like just based off of like the storyline of her being with these different dudes why they would do that whereas with the other character like you don't really get like savannah's bernie's or gloria's internal monologue very frequently yeah, it's just kind of like jarring to see and you're kind of just like, it kind of takes you out of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, when when the characters are together and they're interacting with each other, it, those things just like make more sense where they're they're able to express themselves. Yeah. Like have these dialogues versus like these inner monologues that happen outside of themselves. It's just weird. And it was kind of clunky, but that was my biggest critique. It was the 90s, to be fair. It's true. <laughs> That's another thing, too, I thought about, where it's just like, this. we talk about the movie being made now, how things would be different in terms of, like, technology and, like, plots and stuff like that, but also just, like, I think the quality of movies has gotten better. Um, yes. The quality of, of this type of movie, at least, I think. So. Yes, I agree with that. Um, who, who are some actresses that you would think would be in this movie now? Ooh. Kind of like, Kind of like the exercise we did with Bad Boys. Yes, 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 yes. I'm trying to think of, like, first, who are prominent Black actresses. Um, I think that, like, Kiki Palmer would be in it. That's good. That's a good one. Yeah, because she's, like, in her 20s, and I would assume that they would just cast actresses in their, like, mid to late 20s, early 30s. Mm-hmm. for this um and i like want to say beyonce but they would never because beyonce is not a great actress she's not no which i feel so sad saying because i love beyonce but goodness gracious no yeah oh um zazie beats oh that's a good call she would be in it um wow See, Zazie Beats makes me also think of like a Zoe Kravitz too. You got to pick one or the other. You can't have both. <laughs> like skins in the movie. You got to pick one of them. Yeah, because they like they both have that like very hippie black yeah. woman vibe. You can't like have more than one for the movie. Now, if it was a movie that was both of them, like some other type of movie, that would make sense. But for this movie, it can only be one of them. A movie um, sisters would be dope. That'd yeah. Be- I'm gonna write that movie. I support that. I'd be all in. I'd go watch it. I tell my friends to watch it. I'd market it. I'm thinking of like a Tika Sumter, maybe Tika Sumter, someone that kind of jumps to mind to me for a movie like this. Um, oh, Issa Rae. Issa Rae. There you go. She would like have to be in it, and and like for like supporting characters, you know that really anyone on Insecure would yeah. be in this like they could basically take <laughs> the cast of insecure put this in into this movie 
um which it like kind of fits the insecure kind of is the modern day because like they're all like kind of dating mm-hmm. um except for the one who is married it's just they, there's a lot more like shenanigans and insecure in this show is like or this movie is not like all of their nonsense and like they're all established women so maybe maybe not as close to insecure as i thought see i need to i need to get into that my sister watches insecure but i don't i haven't watched it so i need to binge it you do and then like you can be like ah oh, this person from it would make sense because like i think for the men um yeah. good call okay who what's which men so the guy that plays Lawrence on Insecure, let me like just look up his name really quick because um, like something or am I maybe I'm making that up. Um Jay Ellis. Jay Ellis, yeah. Yeah, but like he would do well. Kendrick Sampson might be in it. Um wait, hold on. Trevante. Um, from Moonlight. Yeah, he's in it. He would he would definitely be in what I'm surprised he's not in like more things. And somehow Keith Sanfield would be in it also. Just again, like he just is in movies and he would be Wesley Snipes character. Right. I was about to say, like he can't, <laughs> play, he can't play the fuckboy role. Like he's, no. <laughs> no, you would you definitely have to be like just like something super passive where you're just like, why are you here? Right. And that was like Wesley Snipes where you're just like, uh, okay. Would I, I, we, we bring this up. We bring this brother up every episode. Would Michael B. Jordan be in this movie? Uh, no, no, uh, uh, no, he wouldn't be because like, who would he be? He like, he wouldn't be the husband who is cheating on his wife. He wouldn't be any of the three husbands who've cheated on their wife in this movie. He wouldn't be the gay husband. Like Are we projecting too much onto him? Because maybe he could, maybe he could be the maybe he could be the trash dude. I don't know. He just isn't I maybe I don't want to put this on him because I'm just like, oh Michael B. Jordan, like so who we need someone we need a black actor who could be the the trash dude because we've already ruled out we've ruled out Michael V. Jordan, we ruled out Keith Stanfield. The guy the, that is from Moonlight. Um I'm gonna like botch his name, but Yolan Mo- Noel. Okay. He so on Insecure, he plays a fuck boy. Okay. And he does it very well. So he I think he could play any one of the cheating husbands. And then like for the character that Wendell Pierce is like, you could just get any like comedian. Mm-hmm. And I think that would work. Okay. I got an, I got a candidate. Okay. Uh, also for Moonlight, not Wendell Pierce character, but would Mahershala Ali be in the movie? Ooh. Yeah. He would be, and I should know this man's name, but the Allstate man, he would be him. Yeah, he'd be Dennis Haysbridge's character. That's a good yes. call. Yeah. That's a good call. It would, it would fit. He pops up in a lot of movies and things that I didn't, I never expect. I'm just like, oh, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that would be, he would do it well. And the scene where, like, she dumps the water on him would be, like, the most extreme scene I've ever seen him in. Yeah. yeah. Very understated guy, Mahershala Ali. Oh, yeah. He, except, uh, except in Luke Cage. He's pretty over the top in that. Yes, that's true. He is in Rami, and that was... I was surprised he is in that show because um, it seems like such a offbeat show mm-hmm. but um yeah i think if they do a remake we should get to help cast it let's get it i think i think we have a lot of good people in mind to play all these characters we're gonna we're gonna we have many screenplays that we need to work on together we'll add this one to the list it's great i'm sure that there like 
is it A24? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe they'll be like, we need more black voices. And we'll be like, we are here. We're in there. We are ready. But we would also like to be able to stay in our respective homes. Do it. Uh, do some social distance consulting on the movie, some social distance writing. Yeah. We can work remote. Yeah. I'll be like, I, Austin is the third coast. I'll be like, just film it here. It'll be great. When it's winter, they can go to Des Moines, film there. It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Any, uh, any final thoughts on this movie? Um, I think we like talked about a lot of the things, like especially starting with just it would have been better if what was moving the plot board was not them being like, I must find a man. I yep. need to find it. Like, that's like my only thing. Otherwise, like it was a good, they had phenomenal performances in this film. Great one to watch. Great one to finally like visit after 25 years. First yeah. time. Good movie for us to watch both of our first times. Oh yeah. Better late than never. <laughs> Do you want to talk about what the next movie will be? Yes, next week we are doing Get Out. Very recent movie. We're going to be looking at Daniel Kaluuya's performance in Get Out, uh, you know, which was a phenomenon. And I'm excited to talk about that one. And it's, it, it'll be, this is the most recent movie that, we're, that we'll be talking about. So it'll be good to kind of visit um, a movie that came out when we were both adults. I mean, Creed and, and Hidden Figures did as well, but like, this is just like three years ago. So this, this will be a good one to visit to kind of talk about that moment. And then the moment that we're in now, um, really looking forward to that one. So thank you all for listening. Um, this was a great conversation. I like it. It was so fun. Uh, we'll talk to y'all next week. Thanks everyone. <laughs>